Do aliens watch sci-fi movies about humans? If you're born in a lab, do you have a birthday? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Ayo! Welcome back to the podcast. That is right, it is Tuesday once again and you are listening to This Paranormal Life, the podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, claim or case and get to the bottom of whether it is true or whether it is false. You're joined by myself, Kit Greer, professional paranormal investigator and my co-host, me, Mr. You were taking too long to get to the point, me. You're the point. I am the point. I am the star. I am the light. Really? Exactly. The three shepherds looked to me in the night sky (laughs) 2,000 years ago. Then found me, God, or whatever. Who was in the manger? I haven't read it in a while. Santa or some shit. And they all came down the chimney and gave him a little gift. And the gift, you, me. Me. Of course. As always in this paranormal life, we don't dilly-dally at the top of the episode. We jump right into a terrifying tale. Our story begins... In an ancient and remote area of India. Many hundreds of years ago, within a forest clearing, lay the entrance to a Hindu temple. No one knows how long it's been there. Hindu relics are some of the oldest in humanity's history. Within their mythology, the Bhagavad Gita and other Vedic texts were passed on from the gods thousands of years ago, before mankind's earliest records. But as long as there have been gods, there have been bastards desperate enough to try and steal some of their power. Of course. A long time ago, one tomb raider of himself braved the entrance of the temple. You can just imagine it. Probably the entrance is the mouth of a demon with huge stone teeth covered by warnings in forgotten languages. And this thing is just, that mouth is just vomiting out boulders, Indiana (laughs) Jones style. Like there's barely an entrance to get into. It's more Donkey Kong style than Indiana Jones. It's like boulder, barrel, banana. You've got to jump over them every three to five seconds. Yeah, there's some like Indian princess screaming at the top, grabbed by a big gorilla. You gotta hammer that sucker in the face. Grab it and move on. Lit only by a torch, he managed to evade ancient booby traps that have left countless warriors and treasure hunters paralyzed. Jesus. But eventually, he turned a corner, revealing a hall that contained a giant statue. Despite the darkness, the Tomb Raider couldn't believe his eyes. In between the statue's brow was one of the greatest treasures in Earth's history. A giant blue diamond. Bigger than he had ever seen. Bigger than anyone who had ever lived had seen. The light from his torch reflected off it. Dazzling him. This is very descriptive. I don't know how you've got any of this information, by the way. The light from the torch dazzled the gem. A beautiful blue as deep as the ocean glistened in the light. What is this? It's f***ing great fiction is what it is. (laughs) You've obviously made this as descriptive as possible. Hesitating only for a second as the stone eyes glared at him. Are you writing? Is this like a novel? A book pinch? He prized the diamond out from the statue. Just as he did, he thought he heard whispers echo around the pitch black hall. Words he couldn't even understand. He grabbed his torch and ran out of the temple as fast as he could, trying to forget the look in that thing's eyes. Of course, this Tomb Raider would never realize the full value of what he had. Probably sold it for a pretty penny, maybe enough to retire on. You just said it was a bigger gem than any man had ever seen. 
I don't. I think you would not mistake that as garbage. Wasn't it in the arms of a giant statue glistening in the light? But he had no idea of the journey this diamond would go on. So he knows it's a diamond. But it. <laughs> oh, he does know what it is. Christ. But it doesn't matter because this guy would never get to retire. The legend goes that this Tomb Raider died a bizarre and grisly death shortly after finding the diamond, leading some to believe the price of owning this diamond may be higher than just gold. But didn't he sell it? The damage was but done. But he it was taken it from right. the statue. Okay. So, uh, so I'm to believe, as this is a paranormal podcast, you're implying there was some sort of curse? Some mystical force, perhaps, taking effect? Fast forward to the 1600s. No answer. Location, not important. There's a man, a great explorer and merchant known as Tavernier. Tavernier. Tavernier traveled the seven seas, sailing great ships. He explored India, Persia, and beyond. And by his own account, he sailed some 120,000 miles throughout his lifetime. Bearing in mind, the Earth is only around 24,000 miles around. He even wrote a book of his travels, Les Six Voyages de Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. Or for those of you who don't speak French, the six voyages of Jean-Baptiste Tavernier. Tavernier's expertise was trade. He knew the trade routes, markets, and merchants of Asia better than any Westerner. By middle age, he'd acquired enormous wealth, and it was requested by the King of France himself that he write about his travels for others to study. Except Tavernier didn't write everything down. In fact, he left very specific information out. As a merchant, he had interests to protect, people to protect, his secret knowledge to withhold. You know, you're a man who travels the world, you're going to make a lot of enemies. Right. And that's how you trip yourself up, people. Paper trails. I actually write everything down on paper and right. eat the paper immediately afterwards. Yeah. Best way to dispose of any information, I'd recommend it to anyone who listens to this podcast. I've you, tried eating other substances, does not work as well. You do eventually vomit it up. Eventually, uh, yeah, usually, but it's illegible mostly. Usually, mm, not Shopping sure. lists, yeah. things like that. No, I saw all... some pretty embarrassing lyrics you wrote earlier, actually. They vomited up on the kitchen floor. Maybe the ink smudged in my stomach. I can't... Yeah. I don't... Smudged into some... Can I have those back, actually? Pretty emo shit, Can actually. I please have those back? You know, if you're just hurting, just let me know. If I just... Wait, can I see the page for a second? Can I just... It. So <laughs> eating it again? Try and get it out, bitch. I'm going to see it in six to five hours. Maybe sooner. Hold on. Oh, three more songs came on. My Paper Dinner by Rory Powers. My Thin Meal by Rory Powers. <laughs> Can't keep it down. Rory Powers. <laughs> so whilst Tavernier would write about his travels, some of the actual specifics are pretty hazy. What we do know is that Tavernier was the next person to hold this blue diamond. So he got a hold of it through his trades. Exactly. Wow. All his time in India. He didn't mention how he got it, but just one day in his journals, there is mention of a 116 carat blue diamond. Jesus. Now, I had to look this up, but apparently even these days, a like 0.5 carat diamond could be thousands of pounds. Right. This is one of the largest diamonds ever discovered. And as if from another world completely, it is blue instead of clear. Even global merchants of precious stones had never seen anything like it. Hmm. It came to be known as the Tavernier Blue. He knew this diamond was important, so he brought it to the biggest wig he knew, literally. King Louis XIV of France. And he brought it to just the right person. King Louis was most pleased. 
he immediately made Tavernier a nobleman and rewarded him with literally hundreds of kilograms of pure gold. Wow. He knew what it was worth. That's what you got to do, you know, because if you've got a sketchy item, (laughs) move it off your hands for good, clean, normal money. Right. That's what you need to do. Ideally, gold. Gold, the cleanest money of all. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's how shit works anymore. I mean, if you've got, you know, a prize song lyric. Right. I don't think you can, you know, walk up to Queen Liz and demand gold in return. I'm not sure that's how it works. Well, luckily, Kit, I have a selection of prize song lyrics to choose from here. This one, actually, my favorite from Uh uh, My Little Paper Heart goes, I can't keep this up, this feeling inside. My mouths have paper cuts. I feel like I'll die. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just one course to My Paper Heart by Roy Powers. I think you actually said before, My Little Paper Heart. (laughs) Well, I've changed. The lyrics will change on the fly because that actually made it sound like I have a shit little heart and my heart is, is as strong as a ball of paper. Do you think that's worth gold? Is that worth gold? Borderline paper mache at this point. Who's to say if that's worth the diamond itself? Hundreds, maybe thousands of kilograms of pure gold. We'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, he had done pretty all right. You could be forgiven for thinking that the diamond had been a good thing in Tavernier's life. Unfortunately, it wasn't long until he was ripped apart by dogs. Alive! Oh my god. In a freak dog accident. Need I remind you what happened to the previous diamond holder? A grisly demise. Dog accidents. How frequent were dog accidents in these days? Was this like an every other day kind of thing? These days, if you've got an out of control dog, the dog warden comes and like, I don't know, kills your dog or something. I believe that's right. I think that's how it works. I think he, you know, like he just like wanders the streets, kind of Judge Dredd style, Judge Jury Executioner and, you know. Makes the decision on the spot. Puts a 12 gauge between their eyes. Yep. Back in those days, no dog wardens. So presumably, packs of violent dogs wandering the streets. Like malicious. Looking for the faintest whiff of diamond <laughs> on any traveling merchant's I know. purse. Now they like sausages and meat and stuff. But back then, it was all diamonds. Loved diamonds. Weird. Evolution's crazy. Now, a quick disclaimer. Um, the end of Tavernier's life was not actually well documented, much like his journals and others have argued that he actually did not die from dogs but actually lived to be 84 that's their opinion balancing the equation here we're very objective on this podcast i appreciate that but the diamond was now in the hands of royalty and louis's first order of business was to have the diamond cut it was too big and unshapely for a king he turned to his court jeweler sire pito and said quote make me a piece to remember turns out cutting diamonds is hard like literally hard. Pito took two full years to cut the diamond. I feel it sounds like he was slacking. <laughs> it sounds like he was massively slacking. He's a borderline part timer. At what point did they just go, two years? Pito? Two years you've been cutting this thing? You know, you go in, he's watching TV and stuff, and they're like, Pito, the diamond. He's like, yeah, I'm just. It's- I was waiting for it to, to cool down from the last time I was I cutting tried it. to cut it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the thing heats up. It's massive. King, look at it. It's fucking huge. And the king's like, it is fucking huge. Yeah. It is fucking huge. I'm going to be back want, later. Though. Do you want to cut it? No, I king? don't. You're the, you're the jeweler. That's right. So. I'm the good jeweler. So let me let me do my thing. As he's leaving, here's the TV switch, <laughs> switch back on again. It's like, Pito is taking the piss. 
do you want to come in and cut this thing? Do you want to come in and cut this thing? He's like, no, 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 you're, you're the, yeah, that's right. I'm the mythical jeweler that cut the dragon emerald in, in the goddamn history books. Isn't that right? Yeah. You want me to bring the dragon back? I'll bring him back. No, no, I'll no. I'll rub the no, crystal. No, 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 no. I'll rub it right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll see how, how he feels about your no dragon policy, king. I have a feeling he's not going to feel too good about being woken up in the middle of a 200 year slumber. So <laughs> I'd be cranky as shit, to be honest with you. That's it. Then just, get back you on just your, do your thing. You just do your thing. Get okay. back on your phone, right. sit on your fat king ass, and let me do my magic. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> such a dick to the king. Fat king ass. <laughs> the king's like, why did I give it to the biggest dick wizard? I should have just given it to like a jeweler. When it was finished, it was worn by the king during ceremonies. And needless to say, death quickly followed. Oh my God. Louis died of gangrene, and all but one of his legitimate children died as children. However, luckily for him, he had a shitload of illegitimate children too. Good king. Good king, bad man. Right. Bad husband. Not just that, but before he died, a close aide, Nicolas Fouquet, had worn the jewel and was later imprisoned by the king himself. Some even believe that Nicholas may have been the man in the Iron Mask, but no one ever discovered his true identity. But the cursed diamond stayed in the royal family for a little while longer, long enough for Louis XIV's descendant, Louis XVI, to take to the reins. What happened to Louis XV? Now you might be thinking, years have passed. But what does this ancient curse have against this young man and his wife? All you need to know was, Louis XVI's wife was Marie Antoinette, and they both wore the cursed diamond. Oh. Am I saying that the diamond caused the French Revolution? Maybe. Yes, probably. All we know for sure is Marie Antoinette was beheaded after wearing the jewel. Now, of course, once they were killed, the commies or whoever uh, raided the palace and stole all the jewels, presumably to, I don't know, schmelt them down into dandelions or something. You gank what you can get. And it was basically taken off the radar at that point. All we know is that it was most probably stolen uh, somewhere in the midst of all those beheadings. Of course. And then it re-emerged exactly 20 years later, recorded as the possession of a London diamond dealer, Daniel Eliasson. Now, people have noted it re-emerged in his records exactly 20 years later, which is exactly how long the statute of limitations were at the time, apparently. Oh, so, I see how it is. I see how it is. You dirty diamond dealers. So interesting, exactly the same uh, tactic taken as Tavernier himself. Didn't even write down where he got it from. It just turned up in his books one day. Oh yeah, I've got a 115 carat diamond <laughs> kicking about. Daniel Lyson later killed himself. Wow, th this is moving so quickly. You've been talking for seven minutes and I think 20 people have died and there's been a revolution. It was then recut by Wilhelm Falls. What's left? A di why is it being cut so much? This I don't know what cutting a diamond means. Does that mean shaving it down into a shape? Yeah. Okay. Whenever you see an image of a diamond and it's always got the beautiful, like... A Zelda rupee, perhaps. It's got like, you know, maybe seven or eight sides to it. Yeah. Uh, and it's gleaming. You know, and a diamond that comes out of the ground obviously does not look like that. What? So <laughs> they got it. What? What have I been looking for? Those were diamonds? I've got these piles of glowing blue rocks the size of your head. I'm like, another clump of shit. <laughs> Chucking it back into the well. Looks like gold, but it's not a nugget. You're, shit. You're skimming them as rocks into the ocean. <laughs> Just to a bunch of like really rich pirates across the lake. I'm like, when did they get there? 
every day you go back to skim rocks the island across the way just gets bigger and bigger houses <laughs> it's like a condo on the side lakeside now what <laughs> the biggest natural diamond found of all time it's called i think sergio's diamond it's not a clear diamond like you're used to seeing on wedding rings and stuff it's like a black diamond it just kind of looks like Ooh. a rock and apparently they think it's from space they don't know exactly wow to put it in perspective this tavernier diamond is one of the most you know valuable diamonds of all time at 115 carats this space diamond is 3000 carats plus that's insane but it's just not like a a gem quality diamond that you right no one wants that on a, a ring i feel like it could probably power a death star of course or something black space diamond absolutely if not it is at least a powerful street drug <laughs> black space diamond drug dealers hit it out of the park with the drugs street drug name angel dust that sounds pretty fantastic it sounds incredible the dust of an angel but uh, Actually, it sounds a bit demonic now that I think about it. A burnt angel? That's a bad trip. That's true. I don't want to ingest a dead angel. Cremated angel? That's some <laughs> dank weed, you know. Uh, Do you want to smoke some cremated <laughs> angel? No! So yes, Wilhelm Falls, a Dutch jeweler, was recutting it as well. And it didn't go so well. He was robbed by his own son and murdered. Did the son go full Smeagol and freak out over the precious artifact? We may never know because he committed suicide later too. Good lord. It then became the property of King George IV of England. How'd he die? He went broke and died. I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) So it had to be sold on from the royal family. And I know we're going fast, but I'm going to have to speed up a lot more if we're going to get through. We got a lot of deaths to go to. It passed through the hands of various dealers and royals. But long story short, it ended up in America, in the hands of the McLean family. Specifically in the hands of a fabulously wealthy heiress. And she would allegedly let her dog wear the jewel around the house. And she would, like, lose it at parties. What? You can imagine how this is going to end. First her mother-in-law died, then her husband left her, and he died in a sanatorium. Her son died at the age of nine, her daughter overdosed, and worst of all, she herself had to sell the Washington Post. Oh, wow. Newspaper. Look, you know, all these people respected the jewel, and they still died. If you're using it as a damn chew toy, if you're losing it at parties, that thing is gonna... You have invoked the wrath of the jewel. It really makes you think. I mean, if you wiped your ass with the jewel, what would happen? What would happen? Just the Washington Post would burn. Everything would burn. <laughs> New York Times. Burn. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, everything gone. At the very least, you probably cut your ass because it's been cut so many times that thing's like a blade. So I know what you're thinking. It's about time this madness ended and the jewel be passed to an institution. Not just in the hands of a civilian. It needs to go somewhere where it can't hurt anyone. And it was committed to the Smithsonian. That's one of the best places I think it probably could have ended up. And even then, it said that James Todd, the mailman who delivered the diamond to the museum, had his legs crushed by a truck. <laughs> and wrong. then his house burned down. <laughs> what? This jewel is an asshole. That was just a mailman. He didn't even, <laughs> o- he didn't even own he the didn't jewel. He disrespect it. <laughs> didn't do anything wrong he literally just brought it from a to b and it burnt his house down and crushed his legs also by the way i don't think i mean they say this came from a hindu temple i don't think this is in any hindu script any (laughs) religious text 
that if you steal a diamond from a statue, this is all going to happen. Maybe someone found this temple, this Indian Hindu temple, and they were like, no one's been here. No one's ever going to be here. Let's put this damn cursed jewel <laughs> in this temple so people stop messing with it. Yeah, the statue's pretty sketchy looking. Like, they're not going to want to steal it from No it. one's going to take it. It was booby trapped. And it is often said that James was the last victim of the diamond. But is that actually true? Because the Smithsonian is a public institution, a national institution. Oh, God. Could it be that the current holders of this diamond are the American people themselves? The whole country? The country's kind of going to shit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Is this the diamond? The cursed diamond? Interesting. That is all I'm saying. Bravo. Bravo. A speedboat just crashes through the window <laughs> and destroys me for talking about it. <laughs> that is a very interesting point. A nation brought down by the gem it possesses. We've talked about curses right here in the podcast before. Is it not possible for an entire nation to be cursed? Interesting point. Uh, you know, I am a man that does not fear curses. I wake up every morning, I set my alarm for 7.30, that thing goes off, I lean over out of bed, and I smash a mirror. Yeah. That's how I start my day. There's a ladder we that goes over my ladders. doorway. Yeah. yeah. Every doorway in this, in this whole flat is a ladder. Every time before I leave the house, you literally throw a black cat in front of me. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of curses. It's an expensive, cruel habit. I'm so cursed now that my children's children will be cursed. Yeah, your, your karma is through the floor as uh, is my credit rating, as is my love life, as is my career. Yeah. Is that related to the curse? You That are, wasn't hypothetical. Sir, you've done the research, please. How do I break the curses? <laughs> you are currently on track to be reincarnated as a literal piece of shit. Right. How do I get out of that? Is it, Do I break more mirrors? Am I not breaking enough mirrors? You're currently running at a kind of 20 to 30 million year deficit of karma. Right. Uh, you've been doing this for so long. I mean, how many mirrors you've broken to give yourself seven years bad luck? I mean, Jesus Christ, you've amassed an entire universe's lifetime Correct. of being reincarnated as a piece of shit. Um, I don't think there's anything to be no, done. Nothing to fix that. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. This is the last time you're ever going to be a human, is what I'm saying. Not uh, well. Is that, is that a good thing, though? No. Oh, <laughs> could I, be. I'm going to be a dragon, bro. You're going to be a dragon? Yeah. What am I going to be? A piece of shit. <laughs> dragon shit? I think like caterpillar or something. Cat, that You know, live on a leaf. That's pretty, that's pretty. I'm just looking for the silver lining here. One second though. Sorry, what? You said I was going to be a dragon or something? <laughs> what are your immediate thoughts regarding this whole curse situation? Look, everyone that came in contact with that diamond, people who had enemies living in dangerous times. Someone died of a dog attack. That just goes to show you how insanely deadly these days were. I think that would hopefully explain a lot of the injuries leading up to the present day. But as you say, there are some deaths and injuries more recent than that that are pretty suspicious. Especially the mailman. How did his house burn down? I mean, not many mailmen die on the job. No. I don't think it's a dangerous profession. How were his legs crushed again? By a truck. His own truck? I don't know if it was a postal truck. I didn't see that uh, itemized online. He's just like in hospital watching the news. You're like, earlier today, a uh, mailman was impaled by a passing truck as he crossed the, the road on uh, 443rd Street. 
Um, people have been able to unidentify the driver, but CCTV footage was able to capture a brief second of the getaway vehicle. He just like looks closer with his tired eyes, and it's just the diamonds behind the wheel. <laughs> Glistening blue in the sunset. No! Diamonds! <laughs> a diamond seen in a violent 10-car police chase down the I-5 North. The diamonds got a, a handgun at this point, winding down the window, taking shots <laughs> at the police. Don't you f***ing touch me! I'll burn your house down! They take out the tires. <laughs> the diamond makes a run for it. Flips off the police helicopter This filming for the news. They're tracking him as he's going through the fields and stuff. He, he's got, like, tattoos now. Yeah, they wrestle him to the ground. There's no way to cuff him. It's slipping out like a greasy potato, just shooting in between everyone's hands. I'm a thousand-year-old Hindu crystal. You don't know what I'm capable of. I got crystals on the inside. <laughs> and, you know, on, on a side note, I believe it or not, I didn't even list, like, half the goddamn names of people that held this crystal at one point or another and died. You know, one of um, Marie Antoinette's closest aides, Marie-Louise Princess de Lambelle, she was disemboweled. By a mob. Good lord. Might have been to do with the French Revolution, granted. As I said, dangerous times. Another Greek jeweler, Simon Mount Charides, he had it for a time, then drove off a cliff, apparently. The list really goes on. Everyone died. Everyone basically. died. Um, but it, I'm sensing that you're not convinced that this is all just to do with the diamond. Not yet. Not totally convinced. I do concede whenever you fully go through the list of all the people who held it there are high profile people who held this diamond for a length of time and that kind of nothing happened to them whilst it does seem like i'm listing an enormous number of people who had something happen to them and it is true there is also a relatively long list of people who encountered the diamond and nothing happened to them it's very similar to when we covered the curse of the mummies Mm -hmm. uh, I listed off a bunch of explorers and collectors and artifact hunters who dealt with the mummy and the discovery of the tomb who died. I didn't mention the people who didn't die. And there was <laughs> a lot of them. The majority did not die. Yes. If we were to statistically analyze these numbers, they would probably not be that crazy. Okay. Really shooting yourself in the foot here, but... I think you're probably sensing where I'm coming from. Yeah, in story. I'm expecting a big however at any moment now. Here it comes. If we're to come down to a hard and fast conclusion about whether the story of the Tavernier Blue, also known as the Hope Diamond, is truly paranormal or falsely paranormal, where do you come down? Where does the Hope Diamond come from? Hope was one of the guys who had it who didn't die, so I didn't talk about it. <laughs> he actually had it for the majority of the years. Uh, um, I'm going to have to say, I need more evidence. I need to see newspaper clippings. I need to see... A, I haven't seen a picture of this diamond. You don't even take my word on this shit? God damn it, I'm going to show you a picture right now. <laughs> I show you, you're like, that is cursed. That thing is cursed beyond 100%. repair. Yes. Beyond reproach. Has that been cut yet? It looks like it needs to be cut. So this is a photo. Uh, that, that's pretty big. This is the actual drawing that Tavernier himself drew in his journal. The first written mention of its existence. This wow. was at its original size. There's the dog that wore the crystal. No respect. <laughs> 
that is insane that that dog is wearing something more expensive than I will ever wear. Yeah. It's quite sad. God, see, this is good, though. This is what I wanted to see was some physical evidence. Well, I assumed you'd take my word for it, but here we are. I guess I'm having the stoop to the level of a... Stoop to the level of evidence <laughs> in the paranormal case. Are you convinced now? I'm edging towards it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I don't think this is a real curse. Cool, cool. Glad you went first. I was going to be a hard yes, uh, actually, <laughs> since you showed me a picture of it. I was playing I hard know real. to get. I have to be real with you guys. You know, I, I go into this investigation, you know, eyes wide open, heart open, stomach full of paper with lyrics attached. There was a lot of crazy shit in this story that I just couldn't explain away all these people who had it and nothing happened to. It just seemed like all the bad things that happened were just like a detective in a back room you know crazily trying to connect the dots between one thing and the diamond happens to be in the middle of it all right it's like the one thing in common with all these very unfortunate people was they all had something to do with this diamond mm -hmm. and for that reason i just think we don't have enough evidence to call this truly paranormal if there's one thing a curse has to be it is consistent any inconsistencies show that this curse may not be real and that's what we have in this case today is inconsistencies and for that reason, I think I am also this week going to have to be a no. Wow, two no's. I mean, what we have done right here in the podcast is disrespect the curse on an international <laughs> platform. Um, go. I hope we'd get to this conclusion to put the curse to its final test. If there is no episode next week, you know why. Exactly. What I'm hoping is, you know, two negatives, make a plus, baby. I'm already going to be caterpillar shit. Maybe this crystal curse turned things around. I become so cursed that I'm reincarnated as the devil. Right. At least I get some powers or something. run the goddamn underworld. Yeah. All of a sudden, the crystal is mine. If you want to catch up with us and see if the curse has got to us yet, hit us up on Twitter at thisparalife, facebook.com forward slash thisparanormallife. We have the Secret Society on Facebook, which is definitely worth checking out. Don't even think about whispering a word about it to anyone else that's but right by all means do join invite all your friends and family lots of interesting chat about the paranormal going on in there and finally if you do want to support the podcast and you don't have access to any diamonds right this second the best way to support us is via patreon we don't run ads in the podcast patreon's the best way to do it um, from two dollars a month you can get access to show notes where you can see all the images to do with this particular case all the uh, articles to read even deeper into every story that we cover from five dollars you can get bonus episodes every month and beyond that merchandise the sky's the limit and every episode we like to take time to thank everyone who is already pledging on patreon and that's what we're about to do right here on the podcast right now let's go thank you to oliver thorne ow what was that was that a b nah it was oliver thorne Pricking me like a little bastard in my side. Oh, but wait, is that blood on my arm? No, it's money because he he gave us some cash. So thank you, Thornberry. There's blood too, actually. A little bit money. of blood, yeah. Blood. Mostly blood, actually. I need a bandage. There's a tiny amount of money. It was pennies. Really? And it's not going to cover up shit because this needs actual medical service. And the doctor's more expensive than, than pennies. whatever we got. So thank you too, Sam Oates. 
That reminds me of what I like to start my breakfast with. A nice big bowl of Cheerios. That's right. And Sam Oates knows the Cheerios are expensive. That's why he gave me some paranormal cash to the Patreon to support my breakfast needs. Thank you, Sam. Also thank you to Mark Priest. Immediately expelled from the priesthood. We somehow summoned the devil. It was so bad. Shit. I thought that was a priest song. Um, thank you so much, Mark Priest, for your contribution. You put a little penny in the church box. Uh, we appreciate it immensely. So thank you. Thank you too. Neve Walton. Neve Walton. How's your brother? Travis. The SOB that was abducted by a G. G for Grey. I really hope she's listened to past episodes or this is going to really sound aggressive and weird. Uh, So listen back to the Travis Walton episodes uh, where your brother was kidnapped by a G. The (laughs) SOB. And also thank you um, for contributing obviously to the Patreon and helping fund the the show and stuff. That's great as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you too. Follow Fi. I would follow Fi to the ends of the earth. I would follow Fi to the gates of hell. Because he paid me to, just now, on Patreon. Yeah, that, that was actually his, like, message to us as a page was, Follow, full stop, me, full stop, baller. <laughs> and here we are, outside his house right now, recording the podcast live. Yelling, follow five, faux fum, I smell <laughs> the blood of a Patreon. <laughs> and we're being arrested. Yeah, right now, <laughs> the cops are here, we're being arrested. He's a child. He was, it He's turns out he was a child. A child. <laughs> Thank you also to Travis B. Davis. Buzz buzz, Travis B. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks for giving me some of that sweet honey, baby. Um, thank you for that sweet nectarine, that delicious honeycomb. Uh, it's, we, we couldn't build this hive without you. So thank you so much and enjoy the flowers. Thank you also to Crazy Jim. I wonder if, like, Crazy Jim is, like, a really tame guy. That's just his Christian first name that his parents gave him. Right, yeah. He was, like, a chess master at school. Yeah, and they just named him Crazy Jim (laughs) to hope that he would be crazy good at chess. But instead, he just started strangling. It could have gone either way, really. Should have just called him Smart Jim. Yeah. Would have cut them out a lot of problems. He probably wouldn't have got into knives that way. (laughs) Thank you, Crazy Jim. We appreciate that you took time out of your knife-collecting days to uh, toss a coin in the bucket of the paranormal peasants. Thank you also to Carlo Magliocco. Carlo, can you go? Carlo, can you go? That's right, Carlo, the goddamn limbo champ. I've seen this guy scoot his hiney under an inch bamboo stick. This legend can borderline morph his body to that of a paper, a sheet of paper, and slide underneath. If anything, we should be investigating him. You know the way snakes can dislocate their jaws? You can dislocate just about everything about them. You know know how octopi can squeeze out the nozzle of a, a tiny bottle? I have seen this man legit eat an octopi and then limbo underneath harnessing its spiritual energy yeah insane but somehow he also has money and wants to support us so i bow down to the octopus god i just can't help but wonder did he get it by illegal means 
who knows? Because if I could do that, hell to the no. I'd be slipping under little bars, ganking all your money, sliding out of an air hole. Thank you too. Ryan. Short. Simple. I hate it. I know nothing about him. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know if he's crazy or not. Is he crazy, Ryan? If you think you're getting into this goddamn commune with a one name like that. Hell to the no. We need we need social security. Name of your first pet. Mother's maiden name. Your mother. All of the above can, of course, be waived by a huge upfront fee. But if you're willing to... Oh, wow. He's actually he's actually paid he? in full. He paid it? Up full. Welcome, Welcome aboard, aboard brother. brother. Welcome to the commune. You're promoted. <laughs> you're our boss somehow. <laughs> can I stay, please? My name's oh, I, Crazy Rory. <laughs> actually, that's a... Actually, that's a decimal point right there, actually. Oh. So uh, we're going to need you to leave, Ryan. Get your ass out. And thank you lastly, but not leastly, to Amber Sloss. Amber. The girl's so explosive, they should call her Kablamber. That's right, she is one dynamite gal. She's the the leader of the the new leader of the militia here at the Paranormal Commune. I don't remember who we said was the last leader of militia, but get the hell out of there. Because Blamber's, Blamber's in the house now. She's got an itchy trigger finger, and I'm pretty sure she snorts gunpowder like it's cocaine. Which is the two requirements for the being head of the militia. Exactly. That just what wraps up the shoutouts for this episode. Uh, thank you to everyone who we've shouted out. And everyone, we are yet to shout out. That's right. If you haven't heard your name just yet, that's because your shout out is coming. Thanks for being patient and sticking in there. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Get in touch. Hit us up on the socials. Email us at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're going to see you next week for a brand new paranormal tale. Remember to live fast, investigate, and die young. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.